Welcome into the Giants Hangout. It's week 15 Giants Hangout presented by Crestron. My name is Madeline Burke alongside Jonathan Casillas, Brandon London, and Matt Sytek. Guys, we got a good game this weekend coming up. The Big Easy Giants headed to New Orleans to face the Saints. Giants on a three-game winning streak. Uh, Tommy DeVito has captivated the hearts mm. of New York Giants fans, the tri-state area. This team is playing loose, playing like they're having so much fun. But this Saints team and this Saints game, I mean, you know New Orleans, yeah. JC. They, yeah. they get loud. In the yeah, dome. they do. I'll tell you what, they do get loud. And uh, me and Schmoke were just talking about this on BBKL. The Giants are definitely prepping for it. They're indoors. They got that music cranked up loud whenever Tommy DeVito is taking snaps. But what I've seen from New Orleans in recent weeks, which I've never heard of it happening before, and I played there for four years, they boo their own offense. Mm. They boo when Derek Carr takes the field, and mm. they would never dare to boo Drew Brees no matter what type of game he had. But they're booing him, and I think the Giants could use that to their advantage. I mean, that just goes to show how folks will switch up on you in the NFL that fast. You know, they <laughs> wanted him down there, him and Dennis Allen uh, coming back together. They even had John Gruden helping out behind the scenes and helping Derek Carr get acclimated to DA's offense. Now, when you're not showing up, when you're in these big markets, when it comes to NFL fandom, they'll boo you like crazy. So that just, if I'm Tommy DeVito, if I'm Tommy DeVito, I wish he, I, I hope he listens to the hangout to hear that because it just goes to show like, it's, it's like my, we were talking about uh, Paul Wall before this, like Mike Jones. Back then they didn't Ooh. want me, now I'm hot, they all on me. 281-330-8004. So, <laughs> so as, I, as long as he goes down there, puts up some good, strong numbers, you know, I think the defense rallies behind him and gets behind him. And, the you know, the Giants come away with this win, but it's going to be a big task for him. And it presents another opportunity for him to show up, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you guys mentioned Derek Carr and, wouldn't say he's been playing at like the the best that we've ever seen Derek Carr play throughout his career but that does not mean that the Giants defense can overlook the Saints offense because Carr is still an established veteran quarterback who's playing through what he said was multiple fractured ribs I can only imagine how painful it is to be absorbing hits each and every week while having three fractured ribs and they have a ton of very talented offensive playmakers surrounding mm -hmm. him I mean Alvin Kamara's potentially the best pass catching running back or one of the best pass catching running backs in the league. Chris Olave is one of the most up and coming top talented receivers. Love Chris. I'm a big fan of Chris Olave. And Olave is knocking on the door of his first thousand yard season. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's approaching it. He's coming close. And it sounds like they might have, might have Rashid Shahid back. I think he returned to practice yesterday and the, Jimmy Graham is somehow still playing and still catching touchdown passes. Four catches, three touchdowns. Right? It's it's two crazy. touchdowns in the oh, last two weeks. Two and like what year is it right now? 2012? <laughs> right. <laughs> so despite despite some recent, you know, struggles offensively for the Saints, they can the Giants cannot overlook that unit. Absolutely not. They could at a snap of a finger turn it on and drop 30 points on any defense in this league. Hey, JC, we were talking about Ivan Kamara and, uh, and Matt was talking about how dangerous he is. One thing we see when we watch the Giants defense, how lights out they've been, what, 12 turnovers in the last uh, uh, X3, three, four weeks uh, or, or so. One thing that scares me when it comes to them is running backs 
catching passes out of the backfield. You saw Brees Hall have success. You saw A.J. Dillon and those guys have some sort of success. So how does Bobby O'Karake, Michael McFadden, Isaiah Simmons, that linebacker core, how do they stop that? Because that has been an Achilles heel in this defense that's been playing lights out. Well, I think the number one thing is you don't take it as it's me against Kamara. You use okay. your defenders. You use the tools that I think Wink Martindale's defense offers you, right? And I'm using, for example, the things I used to use. JPP, they didn't like it. They didn't like it. But I would call a hit call, meaning if that running back is to your side, if he free releases, you got to hit him. Yeah, that him. gives me a little bit of time because, B, you know, receiver, corner, if he's on the line, how much separation? A yard? If, uh, if he's if pressed? That. If you can Darius no Tony a little, a little more than a yard. Right, that's what I'm saying. There's no way as a linebacker, an off-the-board linebacker, I'm going to be even close to the guy I'm covering. So that gives you a little bit of time to get to your coverage in the in running back position. Yeah, I say, Bobby O'Karake, don't make it me against Kamara. Right. Because okay. Kamara can split out wide. And if you're lined up out wide, you're not helping the interior of the defense. So you got to be able to use the tools inside of the defense to help you with coverage. Because sometimes a Kamara or whoever the, whoever the guy that they're covering is, can put you at a run and pass uh, uh, discrepancy. It, it could be a challenge. You might have to cover Kamara, who split out wide, but you gotta you gotta hit the a gap. That's hard. So you do things to stunt the line. You do things to help the line to help you not only get you in pass coverage, but for the run support as well. Right. Well, and it's also to this game statistically kind of a little bit mirrors last week's Monday night football game in the fact that both teams, their defense against the pass has been better than their defense against the run. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you look at the way that the Giants leaned on the run against the Packers on Monday night football, and you would think, okay, do they do that again this week against the Saints defense that has been really tough against the pass, but has been, what, 26 in the league against the run? Or do you look for some more of those short yardage plays? Or do the Giants offense get, you know, Saquon involved more in that short passing yardage game? Uh, as well. Matt, well, yeah, you on that take one oh, yeah. involved early and often. You know, they've been kind of – I'm sorry, Matt, I'll, I'll throw it to you right after this, but I think Saquon needs to be involved early and often. When you see – when you look at his numbers, he had the one big run at the end with the fumble. Other than that, it was like 12 rushes for like – like yeah, I believe like 30-something or like 50-something yeah. yards. And you saw how stagnant or how slow the offense was in the beginning – I mean, in the first half – now, Dable, Kafka, and those guys made some adjustments, and then you started to see them start cooking with some grease and some hot butter and some plays started being made around there. But if I'm if I'm Saquon Barkley and JC, like you, you, you know the man, like I'm looking at that fumble. I, he probably I don't think he slept all week, knowing the no, type man. of competitor and guy that he is. He only lost I, three fumbles in his entire career. Yeah. Right? That was his third one. He came into the league having not fumbled at all in college. Yep. Yeah. 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 I and, go to Brian. How Dave. ironic is that the time he fumbles, he first of all, he had three great runs before that. He was three yep. runs in a row where he was just taking over the game yep. and he fumbles by himself. How ironic is that? But it's also, too, it's one of those plays that it's like it's a tackle, but then, you know, the momentum of the tackle kind of taking it down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but Matt, if you're Saquon, do you go to Kafka or did you go to Kafka and Brian Dable and said, I want to win the – well, not like I, but – Put it on me. I got I I want to get get back for my teammates. I'll put this game on me. Uh, let booby spin, coach. <laughs> I mean, one hundred percent. All four of us, you know, around the building the last couple of seasons know the type of person and how competitive Saquon Barkley is. 
I have no doubt in my mind that as soon as they lost that fumble, he went right up to Tommy, went right up to Coach Dable, Mike Kafka, and was like, give me the ball. Let me make up for this. Yeah. Give me the ball. I mean, the the shame, the most shameful part about that, the fumble was that it overshadowed the great run that he had yeah. in which he eclipsed 5,000 yards rushing for his career. It happened yeah. on that fumble oh, play, which, you know, know took a little shine out of yeah, that incredibly impressive milestone. But the recipe for the Giants offense this week has got to be very similar to what it was on Monday night. I mean, Saquon took 20 carries, averaged 4.3 yards per carry against the Packers. Again, not not the best run defense, but that's what they're facing again this week with the Saints. Uh, and this was coming off of his lowest volume game of the season against the Patriots, in which he touched it, I believe it was only 13 times. Now, on Monday, he got 20 carries, I think it was three receptions, topped 100 yards from scrimmage for the, I would believe it's like the fourth time in the last six games. When they get him the ball and they give him a high volume, he turns it into yards and it turns into a ton of production. And that has definitely got to be, you know, one of the top priorities for the Giants this Sunday. Well, and also to that point about that fumble, the second the game was over, Saquon's tweeting, my brothers bailed me out today. Flush it and keep moving on to the next. You Hashtag he was Giants. Sitting on him, man. He was like, it, I cannot it, wait. These Twitter fingers have some things to say. <laughs> absolutely. I'm, he's like, I know we just won. I know that uh, I had an incredible accomplishment being the fifth player in Giants history to 5,000 rushing yards. But all I'm thinking about, and that's the fumble. Yeah. that dang fumble. And like you guys have all kind of alluded to, too, that's going to stick with him going into this week against another favorable matchup with a, a run defense that has been a little bit porous. I mean, last week against the Panthers, Miles Sanders had a, a season high in rushing. So now, you know what I you know what I liked, and I think this is what helped uh, the offense become efficient last week. Mm -hmm. I think Mike Kafka, he was doing things early in the game that wasn't working. He was bringing in the the extra lineman two, I believe, at a time, mm -hmm. and he was bringing them in, and the Giants really didn't get anywhere. Then they switched it up. They went to Wildcat, right? Boom. All of a sudden, Wondell breaks a run. They was getting Saquon the ball in different ways. They threw the flea flicker. They're, they were doing things in different ways. The Giants can't get into this, we need to run the ball with Saquon habit. They, mm -hmm. they don't need to do that. What they need to do is, is become diverse on offense right. and allow Tommy DeVito to throw the football. Don't say, oh, we're going to give the Saquon, we're going to give Saquon and let Tommy DeVito throw on third down. No, let's throw off on first down to open up the lanes for Saquon. Because if you can get Saquon going, that in the totality will help your offense out. But I don't think you start with, say, let's get Saquon going right away by giving him the football. Because as a linebacker, whenever you go into the defensive room, the first thing that's on the board, it says stop the run. That's Absolutely. always the first thing. And when you have a guy like Saquon Barkley, me, all I'm doing all week is thinking about how I'm going to hit Saquon Barkley. I'm going to hit him in the A gap. I'm going to catch him in the B gap on a power play. Oh, if he cuts back on the power play, I'm going to be right there. Like all my thought process is stopping 26. That's just how it goes. Now, if you give me something else early in the game to think about, oh, we play action, he pulled it out. Oh, okay, now that guard pull doesn't mean it's a run. Now I'm thinking about it. So now I see guard pull again. I'm a little bit slow. Saquon hits it, and I'm slow to make the tackle three or four yards up the field. So I think what Kafka did last week was open up the playbook, not just give the ball to Saquon, get the ball to Saquon, but no, let Tommy DeVito throw the ball. Right. Run a wildcat with him. Fake a, uh, you know, flea figures, which is a fake run. Fake the run, play action pass, all of that stuff I think helps the offense, but it also ultimately gets Saquon going. 
Right. When you and, mix and it you up, can... not just giving them the ball, but do other things and then surprise Saquon's getting the ball on third or whatever. Well, and not just Saquon, though. When you talk about the run game, Wandale Robinson Wandale. had mm-hmm. himself a ball game. I feel like last week, Monday Night Football was a Wandale Robinson game. It he was. had some Great incredible plays. That, those catches, that one catch that he had on the sideline that was right in front of Matt LaFleur, and he didn't even believe his own eyes he threw the challenge flag. It was a, <laughs> right. a away from him. He's like, that, that can't possibly be a catch, and it absolutely was. But he got uh, some long runs going on as well. And the fact that Wandale Robinson, Brandon, as a receiver, you look at a receiver like Wandale and the, the versatility and the gadgetry that they're able to use with a player like that, how valuable is he? I mean, he's that Swiss Army knife. He's there's a reason. That's he showed right there why they traded up to go get him in that second round. You know, he's he's I guess he's the future Sterling Shepard in a way. And you saw how Sterling Shepard mentored him last year and kind of got him going before the injury. And now you see how that's kind of benefited him as he's kind of got his sea legs back together and, and got acclimated back to the game. But I think that you could take advantage of not only the success that Wandell is having, but and and still get Saquon the ball and still do things with with Tommy uh, Tommy DeVito. I keep wanting to say Danny DeVito. Tommy DeVito. But you've been good every time. You with, stop yourself halfway with through. The, what with the mean? RPO. Hey, hey, hear me out here, JC. Why not go 10 personnel? Why not go four receivers? And, and Saquon back there. Use Isaiah Hodgins, who is ascending and who has shown that DeVito likes throwing to this kid. Especially you know, we're going to see what Darren Waller, what he can do in terms of what limits he has. But let's take that tight end out and is let's what, put this big I'm body receiver Waller, in there. Is Waller, he playing this week? I, it has not been decided if he's playing this week, but he has entered the practice window. He's back on he's at, yeah. he's back yeah. in the practice field and all that kind of stuff. But you mentioned so, Isaiah Hodgins, Brandon. This is the Matt Sytek stat right here. The Giants have won five straight games in which Hodgins has ca- caught a touchdown. That's something Matt would say. Good job, Matt. <laughs> Even like though I, Madeline said it. I was like, I was like, I feel like I had to give you credit because I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull my best Matt with this one. <laughs> so now, and I'm gonna throw it to you, Matt. So now let's throw wrinkles. Like you say, like it doesn't have to be run the ball to take on, run the ball to take on. You saw them insert Matt Breida this past yep. week going two back systems. T formation or veer formation, they were doing some things. So now open it up even more. You've shown that you you you've you've Tommy DeVito has shown that everything that you've thrown at him, he's handled it plus some. He's gotten better at not taking sacks. He's gotten better at running, using his legs. He's gotten better at get, distributing the ball to different guys. So I see it as like if you remove Daniel Bellinger, whichever tight end that is, bring in. Hodgins now, a big body guy who is selfless and will still block. Get him involved in that offense a little bit more. You throw a wrinkle up in there, Matt. And now not only can you RPO off that, you can run the ball with Saquon as well. And it gives you a completely different personnel package to attack that Saints defense. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, first on Hodgins, great stat, Madeline. Love it. (laughs) Uh, I just need to, I think we all tip our hat to that touchdown that he had on Monday night. Tip that to both him and Tommy because that was clearly, as Coach alluded to it, that was improvised. Like mm-hmm. Tommy scrambled out of the pocket because facing pressure. Isaiah saw him scrambling and then changed his route and just ran to the right to the corner of the end zone yep. where Tommy had a perfect pass. Like cool. that was the only way that that pass was going to get completed is if he threw it in that exact spot. Isaiah made a great catch, got both feet in, touchdown catches in in two straight games. He's been playing great. And, you know, as just said, 
touchdown catches in two straight games. He only has three catches in the last two games, yes. two of which have gone for key touchdowns. The other one was against New England, the only touchdown the Giants scored in that game. So Isaiah been playing great despite, you know, potential, like maybe not getting as many looks as he was getting towards the end of last season. And then the other thing I just want to talk about about the offense, and Brandon just alluded to it uh, kind of quickly, is Tommy did not get sacked on Monday night. Is the first time all season that the offense or the entire offense did not surrender a sack. And the biggest factor in that, because Tommy was still getting pressured, the Packers were still in his face a decent amount. But the thing that Tommy did, which honestly, I don't think we've really seen a, a quarterback do it for the Giants so far this season. It wasn't until since Daniel Jones last year was as soon as Tommy saw a little bit of pressure coming at him, he took the ball and just immediately started running with it. He didn't try to, yeah. didn't try to scramble, didn't try to like make some room for himself in the pocket to give his receivers a little bit extra time. He said, I see them coming at me. I'm just running upfield immediately. And what did that result in? Resulted in 71 rushing yards for Tommy. Man. And played a humongous part in the offense, being able to drive the ball down the field against the Packers. And, Absolutely. And I like what you said, because he started to say the offensive line gave up. But then you said, no, the offense right. gave or didn't give up a certain amount of sacks. And anything that goes into any statistic, whether it's a wide receiver statistic, quarterback, running back, whatever it is, offensive line play, it's a collective effort, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. uh, Dayball was saying how collectively they were working on their scramble drills. When I played against Green Bay back in the day, you knew that they had a second route when Aaron Rodgers got outside the pocket. Tommy DeVito, he has fallen into this quarterback of he can create off-schedule plays. And if you haven't practiced with him, you won't know what to do. You'll just be standing there looking around. They have been practicing that. And Tommy DeVito, he has a knack now for getting outside the pocket, mm -hmm. stepping up in the pocket, and creating those off-schedule plays. Now that the Giants are practicing that, I think you're, they're fitting this offense to mold around Tommy DeVito and what he can do. Because every single week, I think he's proven us that he can do more and more things. And I think the offense is going to continue to expand and I think fit him a little bit better and his play style. And it's not just the offensive line. It's not just the receivers. It's everybody involved, including Kafka. It's a collective. Basically order. what they're saying, basically what they just said, Madeline, is Tommy DeVito in the pocket was me in the club past 1145. Time to get up out of there. <laughs> get up out of there. I was like, Brandon in the club past 11.45 could be a lot of different things. So. Let's, get, let's get up out of there. Let's get up out of there. I ain't showing up to, to at least 11.45. That's the, that's the earliest. I'm going to get to any club. I got a baby at home. Uh, I'm searching right there. <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. But you know what? I do want to give a little bit of credit to the offensive line, even though it is a collective of, yeah. an off, of the offense. The offensive line did play quite well, so well, in fact, that the game ball went to them. Yeah. as a unit at the end of that game and getting a win in primetime on Monday Night Football it's just got to be such good momentum for this team I mean Tommy yeah. DeVito getting three yeah. straight wins as a rookie too and like I mean as a collective electric was Monday night bro how electric was Monday night at MetLife but it, it was oh also my gosh. it was one of those things too there were a lot of Packers fans Packers fans traveled yeah, well absolutely. and it was mm -hmm. we were setting up for the for the post game show and there were moments in which you would hear a crowd roar and I'd be like having to pick out which jerseys were roaring because it yep. was so kind of split. Mm -hmm. And that's not a Dick's Giants fans. That is just a, a hat tip to how well Packers, Packers. fans travel. Yep. Um, and so that was such an incredible environment. That being said, 
Sunday afternoon. Whew, I know they've been practicing in the dome. I know it's going to be or in the in the field house. I know it's going to be so loud in there. Um, it's just yeah. That's- but you almost but but you almost you coming off of a, a win like that. Three yeah. straight wins. You, it's almost like this team is going to embrace that. But it's like Remember every- last year when they went in and, and they beat Minnesota and then the walk in your trap and take over your trap. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> this team is due. They're due for something like that, JC. But, you know what I'm it's saying? Also, it's also interesting because Tommy DeVito has talked about this, that each week, you know, he himself personally has been put in a position that he hadn't before as a starter. This last week, it was that, you know, minute and a half on the clock, bring the team down the field. How can you close out a game-winning drive? This week, it's, all right, the silent count, the the loud environment. This is the next challenge. It's like working your way up to Bowser's Castle. (laughs) Um, And when you look at how, you know, Matt, when you look at how Tommy has attacked each of these challenges so far and the next one at hand, you know, what do you make of that? Well, first of all, I just want to go back real quick to one thing on the offensive line. Just want to give a very quick shout out to Mark Lewinsky. Yeah. That block he had on Saquon's first touchdown run, he came in as an extra blocker mm-hmm. and he swung around and paved the way for Saquon to get in there. That was a great play. And for someone who's been a veteran in the league for years, was a starter last year, started the season as a starter, you know, moved back to the bench, has been coming in for a couple of plays. Just that was a great play, and I just want to give him his props for that. Uh, about you know Tommy and preparing for this week's matchup in a very tough environment. Wink alluded to this during his press conference earlier in that this is not Tommy's first time doing this because his first start as an NFL quarterback was against the Dallas Cowboys at AT&T Stadium. Mm-hmm. And while I will say the Superdome is pr- louder than AT&T Stadium, that you know that is a pretty electric environment there as well. Now the Giants, of course. You know, they did not end up victorious in that game against Dallas. However, that was Tommy's first time really getting his foot feet wet, you know, with a full week of preparation as the starting quarterback. This time around with a lot more confidence after winning three straight games, after winning offensive NFC offensive player of the week, winning rookie of the week on two separate occasions. I think Tommy's going to go into this building a completely different quarterback than when he walked into Dallas a little over a month ago. And I think he's going to be able to handle the the crowd noise and as loud as H, uh, the Superdome is going to be. Yeah. I like it. I like to see it. And yeah, winning NFC Player of the Week and NFC Rookie of the Week this week, too. A lot of credit to Tommy DeVito, young man, for uh, for getting that done. Is agent going to be there? Is yeah. his oh, agent yeah. going to be there? Sean Solano is going to be there. He said that uh, the outfit he's wearing in New Orleans will put the one that he wore on Monday Night Football oh, the same. Man. So open up those nah, nah, cedar nah, closets, nah, Sean. Nah, nah, nah. Agent, stop, stop talking, Agent. Hey, stop talking. Stop talking. Hey, stop. I got to take care of my guy, Tommy, okay? I got a guy who got a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Oh, <laughs> did you see Victor Cruz's agent? Took all, all in the videos. and all. No, let this kid, let this kid rock, man. Yes. Because remember. Let it be about Tommy DeVito and Tommy DeVito's But that's treatment. not Tommy's fault. It's not Tommy's fault yeah, at all. No. our fault as media covering him. Listen, because I watched the TV copy the during the game. His dad was on TV as much as anybody that was yeah. on TV. His dad is our Taylor Swift, and yes. I am here for I'm him. Here for yeah, I like him. He's, a real, but he's a real thing, though. Like pregame, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to go by the tailgate. Mm-hmm. I yeah. got to see him. How you doing? Keep it moving. They had all the Italians around. They had the sausage. They had the spaghetti. They did it right. They they tailgate. They did it right. I don't know if you were you able to stop by there, B. 
Yeah, I got by. I went by there for a little bit. Say hello. They were doing it right, though, wasn't yeah, they? Yeah, but yeah, listen, yeah. listen. Tommy DeVito is about his business. He is a steady hand. He's about yeah. the football, all yeah, that kind of is. stuff. His family, listen. His family is a New Jersey family that is, you know, rooted for the Giants for years, and now they're seeing Brandon. If BL two is out there starting for the Giants and and galvanizing the town, you're going to be proud too, right? If Brandon London Jr. goes out there. And just like, is it, you're going to be like, that's my boy. I'm so proud. So you know what? It's I I can I can appreciate them enjoying the success. I'm out there at the coin flip, JC. I'm out there at the coin flip. I'm 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 John Morant's dad. I'm I'm fighting uh Shannon Sharp on the sideline, man. I'm I'm gonna be one of them dads. I'll let you know. So shout out to Mr. DeVito for just playing it back like that. Cause me, I'd been on first take yesterday. <laughs> exactly. Well, we got a lot to look forward to Sunday uh afternoon when the Giants take on the Saints in New Orleans at Superdome. That's a wrap for a week 15 Giants hangout. Brandon London, Jonathan Casillas, Matt Sytak, and Madeline Burke. We'll see you next time.